This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? What is it? October 3rd, Saturday, October 3rd, 8 a.m. I like to do these sessions, see uh, see what kind of questions we get from the YouTube world. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just riff for a little while as you come in. As you come in, realize that this is for you. So go ahead and leave your questions in the comments, and I will go ahead and do my best to answer any and all of them. While I have you, a couple of quick things. First and foremost, if you've yet to subscribe to the channel, do me a favor and hit subscribe. Also, uh, let's see if we can't get this video over 100 thumbs up while I'm live. I don't know that we've ever done that live. So if you can do me a favor, hit the thumbs up. I will probably mention that a few times, so don't be annoyed with me. But I'm going to see if we can get this to 100. Uh, and then just because I have my book in front of me, uh, if you've read the book and you've enjoyed it, do me a favor. Go back and leave a Amazon or Audible review. Um, we're still selling a bunch of copies, but my um, conversion from sold to Amazon review seems to be slowing down. And I think part of that's because I am not asking for favors. So I give a lot away. If you can just A, subscribe, thumbs up, uh, and then really do me a favor if you like what we're doing here at One Rental at a Time. Go back to Amazon or Audible and leave a five-star review. That would be great. So as we get started, uh, I think I'm going to talk about a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, I just did a video this morning uh, that I think is worth a listen. If you did not watch it, is is the October 3rd Daily Financial News. I think you need to take a listen to that. Uh, I do. I feel very strongly that I found the next market crash. Um, I think there are too many people wanting the next crash to be the same as the last crash. And that is not how it normally works. What normally happens in a crash, and people later call it a black swan, but the reason is it's something we don't expect. And as you will see in that video, there is a particular asset that has often been said to be the best or safest asset out there. And as you will see in that video, I think it's about 20 minutes long, and we go through some math to back up my point. I believe some assets in that market will see a 30 to 50% fall and just wipe people out. So I think it's a very good video. Um, go back and watch it. It's the daily financial news from October 3rd. Second, one thing um, I believe is important also from this week is there's been a lot of talk about taxes. Uh, I did a video this week with a CPA, and we talked really about two things. First and foremost, let's stop saying President Trump paid zero taxes, uh, and I'm t and I, that is meant for the media. I believe the media is creating this huge hole for him to jump through and say, I paid millions in taxes, which he did. If you just say taxes, the man paid millions of bucks in taxes, no doubt probably hundreds of millions. Be upset that he paid zero in federal income tax. 
So let's let's be upset about the right thing. But then we go into a conversation again with a licensed CPA who does tax accounting and talk about how that could be and how millionaires and billionaires use the rules that Congress created to their advantage. So the real net of that is don't hate the player, hate the game. The game is the U.S. tax code. And frankly, millionaires and billionaires beat that tax code up like a professional. You and I, the W-2 employee, we suck. We don't know how to play the game. We don't understand the rules. We get smoked in the first two seconds. That's why you and I pay 30, 40, 50% total in taxes. So again, the game is the U.S. tax code. Maybe you want to be a better player. I'm just saying. All right. So those are my thoughts for the, the week. Uh, let me scroll back and see if we have any questions. Because again, I didn't advertise this, which again is on me. Uh, let's see what's going on. Tamika, how are you? I think you're in Alaska. How are you doing? What is it? What time is it? in? If you, Tamika, if you're in Alaska, what time is it? It's got to be early, right? Got to be like five. Anyways. <laughs> Question, since you no longer invest in the stock market, what are you doing with all your cash flow, reinvesting, paying down mortgage, savings account, et cetera? Ah, good question. Um, so I'll break that, Tamika, into two sections. So in 2019, uh, it was really about debt pay down. Uh, we probably paid off, we either paid off or refied uh, probably about a million, uh, maybe 800 grand. So we probably paid off 400 and we refied others taking rates down. So that was what I did first, right? I was, as you see in my weekly goals, which I do Sunday, I'm trying to increase cash flow every 13 weeks. You do, you increase cash flow by paying down debt, raising rents, which you're not really doing today, or you shouldn't, or buying more stuff. So I will be looking to increase cash flow every 13 weeks. You just have three uh, things to pull. Uh, so that's what I did in 19. Uh, Tamika, right now, I'm just putting cash in the bank. Uh, multiple bank accounts staying below the FDIC limits. Uh, I'm not terribly bothered by the fact that it's earning 0.1% or 0.5 or whatever. Um, I'm just waiting for opportunities. I'm not, again, I'm, some people have cash and they get all weirded out. I'm fine to keep building. Um, I mean, I look at, I look at Warren Buffett as someone in Tamika, you follow me for a while. I respect He's got hundreds of, or at least a hundred billion dollars sitting there and it's been there forever. But when he strikes, he strikes big. So I'm just, you know, 2020 is about putting cash away. I'm still doing a couple of refis. I'm refining a couple of apartment buildings to just rate in term. I don't need more cash, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Ultimate bargains, you're fun. I'm not an engineer. I'll let my engineers give you the answer to that. But I always count on you, Jeffrey, for a laugh. Thank you. All right. What do we got? Tamika, you like this morning's video? I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, Jeffrey, low cap rates. I mean, that was one of the big, big swings. Um, that's why I sold. I mean, I'm an open book, probably to a fault. 2019, I sold three apartment buildings because the cap rates in my market got absurd, absurdly low. And um, yeah, I feel good about it. And when that changes, as you saw in this morning's example, equity could disappear. Properties can go bust. Very, very bad. 
income tax is immoral. So I am glad when anybody can legally reduce their income taxes, especially to zero. Uh, I don't know. Immoral. Ah, I'm not going to judge. You got to pay for the roads in the military somehow. Tax is the best thing out there. I tell you what's immoral is a wealth tax. I'm not cool with that. You got to, you got to tax something. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. Eh, is what it is. Raising it constantly. Waste. You know what's immoral is wasting the money. That, that pisses me off. Hey, Basile, what do we got here? Hey, Michael, we're planning to move. Um, planning. We're planning to move to my investing market, Jacksonville, next year. Okay. Would you rent a place for some time until you can buy a house for your family, or would you buy a house today and move? Well, again, if uh, again, I normally don't ask answer owner occupant questions because I think that's more of a family choice. School district's going to be there. It's your forever home, all that stuff. But since you asked, and everybody has an opinion, including myself. I would say probably renting for a while until you know Jacksonville. Unless you know Jacksonville because one of you grew up there and you already know where you want to be. Um, yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't I would be in a rush to buy. But if you already know Jacksonville and you're like, hey, we want to be in that neighborhood, buy when the deal makes sense. Oh, look at that. Your next question answered my question. My wife and I are valuing both options since we've never lived there. And considering on our seller's market right now, we don't want to pay too much. Yeah. Um, it's kind of my answer from the first question is if you don't know the market, don't tie yourself up with a purchase. That would be, I don't know, somewhere between risky and stupid, somewhere in there. Um, because you just don't know Jacksonville yet. You, you've got to explore. So don't anchor yourself day one. Plus we're in a seller's market. Plus we're around an election. Plus, 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 plus. Dude, rent, rent for a little while. Rent, rent till next summer. You got to figure it out, right? I'm sure Jacksonville is like every area where some some parts of it look great day one, and if you spend more time there, they don't look great. So I don't think I'd be in a rush. Yeah, so that's what I think. So real quick, uh, we're ten minutes into this. We got 31 people watching. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we only have five thumbs up. Come on. The thumbs up is right there, there. I actually don't know where it is, somewhere. Help me out. All right. Oh, it's only 7.05. Only an hour behind me. Okay. Huh. You're watching every morning at 6.30. You're wonderful. Thank you for that. Carpe diem. Do you diversify into other housing like precious do in other? Oh, other than housing like precious metals, stocks, bonds, Bitcoin, other. Uh I have done that historically. Um, let's just kind of walk through it. 2000 and I don't know. I was big into precious metals. I should say metal, silver, thousands and thousands and thousands of ounces uh, way back when. I sold all of it when it, when it went up. Uh, I have only a couple hundred. Actually, I have a silver bar around here somewhere. I actually don't know where it is. Anyways, where'd it go? Uh, so no, I don't, I I'm in real estate and cash. I have, I don't know, $10,000 in precious metals now, which is nothing. Um, and no stocks, zero stocks. I will only get into stocks. If the market goes down 50% from peak to trough, I will nibble in some stocks at 50%. I'm a crisis investor in stocks. 
A 20% drop in stocks doesn't interest me. Um, I've only been in the market one time since uh, Enron and WorldCom beat me up good uh, back in 2000 or 2001 or whenever that was. But if stocks go down 50%, I'll buy stocks. I'll buy six figures probably worth of stocks, but not until then. Uh, taxes should be paid at the end of a pr productive cycle of capital, which is consumption. Thus, only flat tax consumption, finished consumer products is a fair way to create revenue. Yes, um, taxes need to be paid. There's lots of arguments for this or that. Uh, flat tax with a with a credit back for um, uh, for for lower income folks. Lots lo lots of ways to do it. I I will just say that um, I believe in paying my fair share of taxes, and it's not my job to design the IRS tax code. It is my job to, as we said earlier, play the rules that are out there. So yes, I prefer a flat tax myself. Awesome. Uh, would you support a 25 VAT tax as common in Europe? Don't know. <laughs> Where the damn thumbs up is? I have no idea. I actually don't know. <laughs> Tamika, closing on. Oh, look at this. Oh, closing in. I thought it was on. Closing in on first rental investment in two weeks. Property manager and uh, renter lined up. Cash purchase. 700 bucks a month. Look at Tamika. Just bringing the bacon home. I like it. Congratulations. Let us send me a note when it's done. We'll celebrate. Uh, the EU VAT tax is a production tax, not a consumption tax, because it taxes each stage of production. It does not include. Wow, this is this is morphed into a tax conversation, which is not my expertise. Can you elaborate how you propose consumption tax would work? Okay, guys, talk to each other. Uh, how does one qualify as a real estate professional? My wife works, and I manage our four rentals. So Theo, I would check with your accountant from memory. Uh, it, real estate needs to be your primary income, right? That's why I couldn't qualify back in the day, even though we had hundreds of units. Um, my income was better from my day job. Uh, I believe it's a thousand hours of documented work. Um, and just know it is a uh, audit flag when you select that. So um, you really have to be in the business. It's not, it's not one of these things you can kind of, you know, play with and fake your way to it. I would talk to an accountant. I interviewed, uh, I think it was Bob Lang Langworthy. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday at eight o'clock, nine, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, eight o'clock. Um, so I'd reach out to him, Maine, as in the state, mainebeancounters.com. Uh, ask him. But I think it's that main source of income and uh, at least a thousand of documented hours. Uh, but the good news is it only, if you're married, it only has to be one of you. Uh, it didn't work for Olivia and I because we both worked. It didn't work. Yeah, on. What do you think about Seattle market in six months? Kim, that's, I think that's a great question. I think there's a lot of markets like Seattle, Portland, Chicago, New York, San Francisco. Not, I, I'm going to exclude New York and San Francisco because I think both of those have years of pain. Seattle's interesting. Um, Seattle's interesting be because you have obviously the civil unrest 
which is pretty well documented, I believe, still. You have unaffordability. Seattle has seen some crazy price increases recently. You also now have Amazon on record of looking for other places to have people because of taxes. So it's going to be interesting. It, for me, most of these markets, Kim, like Seattle, Portland, Chicago, it's going to be about population. Do we see high income earners stay or do they go? Right? Work from home is real, but do they work from home and stay in Seattle or do they work from home and leave? And I don't know that we know that answer yet, Kim. If you're in Seattle, you might have a better feel because you have your colleagues and friends. But the real answer for California, for New York, for Washington State is, are people going to go live somewhere else? And at least in California and New York, the answer is hell yes. Um, I'm not sure that Seattle is a hell yes. Seattle may not be. Uh, but people are leaving California. Too much taxes, services going downhill. Same thing in New York. Um, I don't have an opinion on Seattle yet. It's definitely a market to watch. But if you start seeing people with six-figure jobs at Amazon leave, <clears throat> that's probably a sign that you're in trouble as well. Uh, they, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go watch that with Bob Langsworth. That was a. That may have been actually it was. That was my favorite video of the week. That one with Bob. We just got into it. We had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh, that was a fun one. Matthew Reed, do I plan on writing another book? Well, in all honesty, I had no plans on writing the first one. It just sort of was a, I wrote it to feel better, frankly. I felt, yeah, I just, I didn't feel right, right? We got financially free, didn't sell, like I said in the book, didn't celebrate. So writing the book or what became the book became, it made me feel better. Um, I can tell you, I am constantly thinking about what would be a nice compliment to it. So I would say the chances are pretty good. I do write another one. Um, your next question might be when? No idea. I'm constantly, I am actively thinking about what would be a nice compliment, but it has to be something that's me. It has to be our story. I don't, I'm not going to write a book like some of these real estate folks that just slap a sexy title on it and write nothing. It's going to be what, what we're doing in our business. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say the chances are better than 50-50 that I write another book. I couldn't tell you when, though. Do you see Mountain View? Yep, your hometown going down 20% or more. Not single, not, oh, not SF. Oh, I got it, but Peninsula. You know what? That's a good question. I did a video last Sunday on the Bay Area. Uh, I don't remember what that was called. I think I called it Silicon Valley or something like that with, with some, with another tech worker, we just batted it around. So you're absolutely right. San Francisco is going to get smoked. I don't know that the, I don't think the peninsula goes down 20% 2021. As I said in that video from last Sunday, what I see being the peninsula's problem is we're not going to attract the next generation. So I believe what I said in that video is I think the Bay area is pretty close to peak pricing. Uh, and then we may plateau for quite a while and maybe go down just a little bit. Because again, I, I see the longer run concern is we're not bringing in the next PhDs, the next computer scientists, the next innovation. And if the Silicon Valley loses the ability to create the next IPO and the next technology innovation, and that's now in Colorado or Austin or 
Miami or wherever it is uh, because of work from home, because of taxes, because of all these other things. I think the Bay Area slowly deflates. I do not think, as you're calling it, the peninsula or Mountain View pops. No crash. No, I don't see it. There's just not enough housing. Not enough. And there's enough baby boomers, Gen X, and older millennials who can now afford to live here, given the IPOs, right? Airbnb is going to go public here soon. Palantir just went. Um, there's enough money here to hold up prices, I think, in the peninsula. Uh, but I don't see... I don't see how Mountain View goes up 10%. I don't see it. I think Fresno goes up 20%. I don't think I don't think Mountain View goes up much in 2021, probably pretty flat. Uh, but also I don't see it popping. I don't see the peninsula as a balloon or a bubble. Hopefully that makes sense. Any advice on someone looking to start a property management company? My wife and I are starting one in Cedar Falls, Iowa. What do you appreciate most about your company that manages your properties? Oh, that's a fair question. Um, I guess there's a couple of things. Most property managers focus on how to get out bad tenants. And that at least, I don't know Iowa, but I assume it's a documented process that has legal steps. I would assume it's the same everywhere. Uh, what I would do is I would highlight things that you do to keep good tenants. What kills landlords is turns. So if I, you know, one thing that I still do is if somebody is in one of my units and paid on time for 12 months, um, I will do something nice for them. I'll spend two to sometimes 400 bucks uh, doing something, painting a room, replacing a bedroom carpet. Uh, what else? I One time I, I replaced a Formica countertop. Um, they're just... I, what I would, what I would want to hear from a new property manager is how are you going to keep the good tenants? Cause I already know how to get rid of the bad ones. How do I keep the good ones? That's what I would do. Uh, constitutional amend to restrict States, federal, the only flat tax. Uh, that's all tax stuff. I don't know. Not my, not my area of expertise. Joey with the current pandemic and less people, uh, opting to go to college, do you see real estate being hurt in major college cities? Yeah, I think I think I think this crisis is causing a lot of safe investments to be not as safe. Um, yeah, I think student housing, which is what I will equate to college cities, in trouble. I think there are a lot of small and businesses that will be crushed when colleges say work. You know, students are remote. Yeah, I, yes, if you are a college town and 40% of your income is from students and now the students aren't there, yeah, Joey, I fully expect it to be hurt. Absolutely. Uh, all right, you guys are talking taxes. Not my thing. Not my thing. Okay. Uh, what you change about one rental at a time journey other than Norris Drive? Uh, oh, what would I change about one rental at a time? Uh, well, first, Tamika, I would have appreciated my cash more in the beginning. Uh, as you all know, Norris Drive, I put 20% down. The The story, the, the rental story is, is what it is. 
But my big mistake with Norris Drive was putting 20% down. I didn't have to. I just didn't know. Uh, and also I had to repair it after I owned it. I should have bought cleaner properties. What is now today called turnkey. It wasn't, we didn't have turnkey back then. Um, if you could have financed 90% of my purchases and then not had, it had zero make ready. I could have bought a lot more houses. And then again, think about my journey, which you know, right? I got to eight houses. What if I got to 12 or 15 and then did my 1031s? Because the journey's the same. I just would have had more houses in the beginning. That would have been an amazing difference. Appreciate your cash. That's why, uh, Tamika, uh, in my course, one of the columns is make ready. Because I want you to understand what happens if your make ready is zero, if your make ready is 20 grand. It affects your yield. That's a big deal for me. And that's why it's in my class. It's in my spreadsheet. It's in the course. So that's, that's my biggest change. Oh, the other one is I, sh I was so focused on investing 30 minutes from home. I wasted a year. That was another mistake. That was another mistake. Uh, Walid, uh, before yeah, health event, you used to say multifamily. Well, I don't know. Is there another part to this question or is that just the question? Uh, okay. Um, I guess I'm going to just guess what you're saying there. Um, I thought multifamily bigger is better was true. 2010, uh, 2012 through 2018 bigger was better. The number again, as I share with my students, as we talk about all the time, I put multifamily and single family in the same darn spreadsheet. It's the spreadsheet I teach my students. And I take the highest yield. I, I do not need to say I own 100 units. If a little one-bedroom, one-bath house produces a higher yield, I will buy the house, I promise you. Some people have to say, I own 100 units or I own 50 units. I don't care. You can go broke owning 50 units. What the heck? No. So, um, yeah. And then as for multifamily, watch today's video, Waleed, that just came out. I don't know if you saw it already. It came out at 7.30. It's March, no, March 3rd, October 3rd, um, financial news. Watch that. I believe class A multifamily in trouble. Watch that video for um, what I mean. Is way overpriced and dumb investment. Do you think the tables have or will turn? And what signs do you look for to see multi-unit hit the bottom? Now is the time to buy. Oh, I misunderstood. Oh, now I understand your question. I guessed wrong. Um, well, uh, you will start uh, as you, you will need to watch the video I did this morning. I don't think you saw it yet, just based on the question or the way the question's phrased. Uh, I think you're going to see cap rate expansions. You're going to see rental rates fall. Um, you're going to see vacancies go up and you're going to see multifamily get foreclosed on. Multifamily can be foreclosed on folks and multifamily could be foreclosed of value falls. That's not how single family works. If you buy a single family and you buy it for a hundred and it falls to 50 grand, the bank doesn't foreclose. You buy a $100 million apartment and it falls to $50 million, they can take it back. Multifamily, Class A, I believe is in trouble. Watch today's video. 
October 3rd financial news. It is often said to be the safest investment. And I go through a long list of things about, wow, I think it's a problem. How to keep good tenants? <laughs> Give them December rent for free. You're nice. Oh, stop it, Carpe Diem. You be nice. I thought you were so I thought you were gonna say give the good tenants rent free and give the bad tenants a rent increase. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Come on, let's stop talking physical harm. I know that's a joke, but in today's environment, ah, not funny. Uh I don't know what that is. JP GIF9. Uh, are amount of young talents from California University and College good enough to support Bay Area real estate? Again, I'm not. Ref I'm never saying college graduates are enough to afford the Bay Area. What I'm saying is that well, doesn't become the 30 year old or the 34 year old. They stay in a different state. That's why I think the Bay Area slowly could see uh, price and value uh, fall. No, where you're going to see the college, the new graduates, is in the rental market, and that's why San Francisco has already seen a 20% fall in rent. 20% and it's not done. Oh, San Francisco is in so much trouble. Watch today's video. If you own an apartment building in San Francisco and you bought in the last two years, you are upside down. Ouch. Ah, appreciate cash and make ready. Sounds like a new book idea. Oh, advanced training. Yeah, maybe. You're so nice. This year, this year is better than next year for rental home purchase in general. Should I wait? It looks timing the market is never easy. Yeah, Kenny, I don't believe in timing the market at all. If I don't think you're one of my students, you might be. I don't think so, though. What I teach you is go learn your market. And then what you'll find in your market is, hey, my average market is a 6% yield or cash on cash return, whatever it is then your job is to go create 7 and 8% deals, especially if you're in residential. If you can do great deals, which means above average, do the deal. Don't time the market. You can't time the market. You know how many people told me they were going to get into real estate when it crashed? Hundreds, if not thousands. All of y'all disappeared because you were scared, and I was left there picking stuff up for pennies on the dollar. I do not believe in timing the market. I do believe in only doing good or great deals. I teach you how to learn your market. I teach you how to do the calculations. I, I prepare you to be a good real estate investor. And I do it for almost nothing. It's 200 bucks. It's 199. And as you will see, I do a Saturday meetup with my students at 9 a.m. here in about 30 minutes. So I keep getting asked for mentoring. I don't do it. I won't do it. I don't want to sell myself for a thousand bucks an hour. Um, but if you want to get mentored me for a half hour every week, buy the course, get in the private Facebook group. So yeah, don't buy the, don't time the market, learn your market. If you don't know what I mean by that, buy the course and learn your market. Yep. Internal rate of return, gross. Uh, yep. Commercial. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. You guys are doing stuff. I like it. What do you think of Grant uh, Cardone's philosophies? Well, uh, Byron Rich. Um, well, I don't know which philosophy you're referring to. You want to list a few? 
Uh, I think in general, let me, let me see. First and foremost, I think Grant Cardone is net good for real estate investors. He makes you think. Now, do I think all of his investments are good? I wouldn't do any of them, right? I would rather do, I rather trust myself than anyone else. Uh, so I won't invest in any syndication. Um, but I think Grant Cardone talking about real estate every day makes you think. Uh, I think he is generally a positive person, which we need more of today. We have too many negative people out there. Um, I thought his 10X book was good. I've read it a couple of times and I've only read a few books multiple times. Um, the, the best Grant Cardone show I think is on Wednesday. It's when he does it with his wife, Elena. I actually like that show. I think a lot of a lot of investing is family dynamics in partnership with your significant other. I don't think that's talked about enough. So I think that they doing a show together is interesting. Um, I was lucky enough to interview Elena Cardone six months ago, maybe nine months ago. I think she's a powerful woman and and is helping women step up. I think I think that's good. Um, yeah. So I don't have. Do I have anything negative to say? The only thing negative, I mean, I don't, I don't consider it negative, but he might, I wouldn't invest in one of his deals. That's about the only thing I could say. And that's because I do my own investing. I have, I don't work anymore. I have the time to find my own investment. So if that's a negative, so be it. I don't think it is. I don't have anything bad to say. Yes. Conservative investing. Yep. How soon after purchasing you refinance, if you can get a better interest rate. Um, I run the numbers, Theo. It's, it's not a, it's a better interest rate is, um, not always what it's cracked up to be. If there's a bunch of fees, I would tell you if you can do a break even analysis at 12 months or less and you're, and you're going to hold the property forever, go ahead and do the refi. Yeah, I would do the refi. Um, but yeah, if you're if your break even's like 36 or 40 months, I wouldn't bother doing the refinance. Yes, I interviewed Elena. She was fun. Yep. Oh, what happens when hedge funds exit real estate? That's a great question. I've been thinking about that for a long time because boy, when they came in out of nowhere, it changed my market overnight. Um I honestly don't think they're going to exit real estate. I think what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to create REITs, and then if they don't create a REIT, they'll IPO a company name. Wall Street is going to get their money. They're going to get three, four, five x their money back. But I don't think they're going to exit. I don't think. I don't think they're going to exit. Why would they? It's a money printing machine, and they can lever up. Ah. They're not going anywhere. Um, and just so you know, where was I? I think in Europe, it was Switzerland, I think. I could be wrong. It might have been Finland. I think it was Switzerland. Um, over 60% of their homes are owned by insurance companies. I'm using that example to show that hedge, other entities can own housing forever. Um, so I, I don't see the hedge funds exiting. I wish they would. 
um, cause they, they own a lot of real estate and they could drop prices if they, if they list too many, I don't think they're going to. Kevin Ham, how much would you put down on your first deal? Uh, I would put down enough to get approved and to produce the highest return. That's kind of a, I don't know your market. I don't know your purchase price. I don't know your rent. Don't do negative cash flow. I call it an alligator. It's in my book. Um, I need a lot more data than that, Kevin. I, you know, I would put zero down if I could get it and the building and the house still cash flow 300 bucks. That's, there's just not enough data in that question. Okay. Ultimate bargains, Jeffrey, you think they're going to sell? I doubt it. If they do sell, it'll be years from now when the prices are much higher. Uh, Carpe diem. Um, do you prefer buying homes with all cash or would you prefer to finance? Well, I guess I would prefer to finance, uh, but today's market, that's not an option. Anything that's financeable today is getting bid up by owner occupants. So the only stuff I'm buying today is junkers cash. I'm actually, I'll probably do a video today on a property on fourth street before, after is all the numbers. I don't usually do that, but I, I built a PowerPoint. So I'll probably show that story later today. Um, but today what I am doing is buying cash and then Let's be real. Half the time I'm keeping it free and clear. The other half I'm put, I'm burying it and taking equity out or taking cash back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in today's market, Carpe Diem, as you know, um, anything that can get financed is people are paying stupid prices and we're, it's becoming a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I actually disagree with that, Jeffrey. I think hedge funds have already taken their money out. I don't think hedge funds have any money in their deals anymore. And now it's just a cash printing machine. I think, I think, I think every hedge fund that was buying in 2010 has every single dollar back already. So they're, they're right now going infinite return and tax advantages. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So Theo, what happens when an FHA buyer puts in over ask offers and it doesn't appraise? What happens? Well, most of the time it uh, comes back on the market. Sometimes. Um, so basically, let's say you you bought, you agree to buy a house for 100. It appraises for 95. You as the buyer can choose to close uh, on that, but you're going to have to put in the extra five grand on top of whatever your down payment was. So let's, let's do the math. Uh, how would I do the math easier? Yeah. Basically, um, if you're a buyer and it doesn't appraise, right. You, you bought for a hundred, it appraised for 95. You're on the hook for the extra five grand. If you want to close. Government could force hedge funds to sell at least in Cali. I no, I mean no. Come on, private property. If they want, if they start taking apart our constitution, this thing's over. That's not going to happen. That's a big scare tactic I see out there all the time. Not going to happen. 
not going to happen. Could they do eminent domain? That's about the only legal way to do it. I, it's not going to happen. Private property is an anchor of the American economy. And if we start taking that away, what are we, Russia? I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jeffrey, Ultimate Bargains, I think they got their money back and they're on to the next thing. I really do. I really do. Where I mean, yeah, I just, I don't see it. Um, is there ever a reason to put 30% to get a good cash flow as opposed to department? Again, that's what the spreadsheet's for. Um, it's non-emotional. It doesn't matter. Right. If you have to, I mean, if you're going to buy a commercial building, be prepared to put 30 or 35% down. Housing is the things that's 10, 20%. Commercial guys, when you buy commercial five and above, you have to put 30 or 35% down. So again, I'm non-emotional. Whatever is required to get the deal done and produces the highest yield. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, let me be really accurate. There was a deal I did back in 2012 where I had to put 50% down. It made sense. It made sense. Now that's rare. I would not normally do that, but I did for that deal. Yeah. Yes. Cash on cash. Doesn't matter what the down payment is. The down payment will be part of the calculation. Yep. Exactly. All right, folks, thanks for joining. We got 52 people watching and 22 thumbs up. We have 30 of you out there that owe me a thumbs up, if you don't mind. Uh, we're going to call this one. I'm going to go get some coffee and get ready to talk to my students here in about 18 minutes. And again, remember, we do that conversation in Facebook. So have fun, everybody. Take care of yourself. Please hit the thumbs up, subscribe. And again, if you want to know a market that's about to crash 30 to 50%, Watch today's daily financial news from October 3rd. Take care.